This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon. In fact, the ultimate, the last Friday afternoon of this Hebrew year of Tafshin Ein Zayin 5777. And we hope it is a good one for you, Baruch Hashem. The weather has certainly turned summery. And uh, if that's any indication of where we're going and what we're doing, that's uh, that's certainly uh, a good indication. Warm weather, some beautiful sunshine as we get ready for for Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, I'm sure you are aware, will begin on Wednesday night, Rosh Hashanah being Thursday and Friday, and then we go straight from there into uh, Shabbos, Shabbos Shuvah, uh, and uh, then the 10 days of of, uh, of of repentance, it's uh, it's going to be a long, yeah. Some would say hectic, but it's quite an amazing time of the year. Uh, lots of work, both in terms of the physical preparations for for the Yom Tov, yeah. Food, lots of meals, six days, six consecutive six consecutive meals of, uh, you know. Uh, Rosh Hashanah and, and lots of lots of guests and things like that. It it will be it will be quite uh, quite something. But uh, the truth is, you know, I think we we look forward for it, and uh, in a certain kind of way, uh, find it a an amazing time of the uh, of the uh, of the year. And um, perhaps just to uh, uh, think a little bit about the concept, you know, of uh, Rosh Hashanah. And perhaps uh, tshuva, because the reality is we're not going to really have uh, much time uh, together this month. This, I think, is probably the last time we're going to be together until until uh, uh, the first day of Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan. It's just the way it works with the uh, with the uh, the calendar and Yontif being being Friday and things like that. Um, so the the this week's pasha is of course the pasha of of tshuva. We talk about the whole concept of the Torah says in fact v'shavta ad Hashem lakecha. You should return to Hashem your God v'shamata b'koylei and listen to His voice k'chol asher anoichi mitzav chayom. As I'm according to everything I'm commanding you today, you and your children, and then it says, Hashem will bring you back, and have, uh, and have mercy on, uh, on, on you. The, there's a very interesting Svarna. The Svarna says, it says, Hashem should return to Hashem. That we understand, okay, doing doing tshuva. But then it says, listen to Hashem's voice. So it says says the uh, says as far as what does that mean? That was do tshuva uh, uh, and do the mitzvahs as Alfim commanding today. So the Svarna says that there's this concept in in tshuva. That sometimes, you know, we understand tshuva as being a situation where a person, God forbid, has gone off the rails and done something uh, against God, done something that is uh, uh, a transgression, a, a flagrant uh, violation of 
the will of Hashem, of the of the mitzvahs of, of Hashem, says the Sfarna that the, the Pasuk here might be alluding to something else also. And that is that sometimes even, <clears throat> even when we do mitzvahs, so we do them <clears throat> what uh, the Navi calls mitzvahs anashim lumadam. We do mitzvahs because that's the way we've always been brought up doing it. That's the way our parents have done it. That's the way we've always seen people doing it. So, so we uh, we do it. But there's no there's no fire in it. There's no energy in it. There's no enthusiasm. And if we go to shul, because yeah, that's what a that's what a Jew does. Yeah, I and mean, you wouldn't be sort of fulfilling your obligation if you didn't do this and you didn't do and you didn't do. Do that," says the Svan. The Torah is warning us that when we do tshuva, it's not only to do tshuva from averus, from transgressions, from things that that uh, that we've done wrong, but also to look at kind of the 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 quality of of our of our of our mitzvahs. You know, the the Gemara in Yuma Daftes brings the statement. Of Rav Levi, Rav Levi says, "Gedoyla tshuva, tshuva is so great, shemagas ad kisiyakovet, it reaches all the way until the heavenly throne." Shenamar, he quotes a pasuk, the pasuk not of this week's pasha, but the pasuk that we're going to read next week in the Haftarah of Shabbos Shuva. Says, "Shuva yad Hashem <clears throat> return to Hashem, to Hashem your God." And in fact, the, the Masha there in Yuma asked the question that, uh, why did, why did Rav Levi have to bring as a support for what he's trying to derive the Apostolic in, in Hosea? Why in fact doesn't he bring the Apostolic in, in our Parsha? Which says, Vishavto ad Hashem There it says also the concept that we return to Hashem your God. Why couldn't you bring a proof from that? Why did you go all the way, all the way to, uh, to, uh, to Hosea? So he explains that when Moshe Rabbeinu was exhorting the Jewish nation in this expansion, he was really talking about, yeah, this is the time Towards the end, Moshe Rabbeinu is, is, is saying Nevoah is prophesizing about what's going to be at the end of time, in the time of, of Mashiach, when, when uh, this kind of a scenario of our world is, is, uh, is reaching its, uh, its, uh, its end. And therefore that, uh, that, um, uh, and, and therefore he's warning them and telling them how, how is the world going to look at the time of Mashiach. Well, what's going to be the situation of the Jewish nation at the time of Mashiach? And therefore he says to them that at that time they're going to want nothing more. Moshe Benu is saying prophecy. You, of course you're going to want to return to, to Hashem, your God. It's not, it's not so much a, as a command as, as a, as almost a prophetic insight. And in so much as this is a prophetic insight as to what the Jews are going to do, says the Masha, there's no, in fact, guarantee, there's no given that Hashem is even going to accept, accept that, that tshuva. The Novi, who obviously is speaking as a mouthpiece, is speaking in the name of, 
of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and says, Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Nekecha. So there it would seem that that uh, not only do we come back, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepts, accepts that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that Shuva. And, and Shuva is, 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 is in a way a very, very, uh, a subtle, a subtle thing. You know, the, uh, they, they say about the great Rav Sadya Gon, that Rav Sadya Gon used to do tshuva every single, every single day. And he explained that, you know, every day Baruch Hashem, he's learning Torah, every day he's involved with people, he's coming closer to Hashem. And each day, as I get closer to Hashem, if I now look back at the way I behaved yesterday, so that was inappropriate based on what I understand today about the Rebbe Shalom, based on the, what I've grown in my Yiddishkeit and my service of Hashem from yesterday to today. Yesterday is, so to speak, and our very yesterday is, 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 was not as adequate as it, as it could and should have been. And therefore it required, it required, uh, it required tshuva. Um, says, where did he get this from? So he, he himself told the story that he once was traveling, and uh, Baruch Shem, in those days there wasn't uh, Facebook and all these things, so uh, a famous face wasn't necessarily instantly recognizable. So he arrived at uh, at an inn, and uh, the innkeeper was unaware of who his guest was, <coughs> but being a good person, he welcomed him in, he uh, took care of him. He uh, he uh, took uh, he took to all his needs. He gave him a nice room. He gave him beautiful food, and he showed tremendous honor and respect for for the guests in his uh, in his establishment. It was only a few days later that he actually found out who his guest was. That he was the great Rabban Shlokol Yisrael of Sajigon, and. He went to his room and he fell on his knees and he was crying and asking for, and asking for, for tshuva and said, I, I, if I had known, I would have treated you so differently. So I said, what are you talking about? You treated me amazingly. You treated me brilliantly. I, I, I don't have any regrets at all about the time I spent here. But the innkeeper said, no, you don't understand. He said, had I known who you were, and the whole way I would have treated you would have been totally different than the way I had. My attitude would have been totally different. And such of Sajagon, I learned from that the concept that the more I know about, in this case, about the Rabboni about the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the greater I, I become, the closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu I, I become, the more I'm able to look back at uh, at at uh, this kind of uh, everything I did yesterday, and uh, and uh, and have harot and have real regret that yesterday I wasn't serving Hashem as properly as uh, as 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 I I could have, and and that is in fact a type of tshuva. It's a tshuva of, of tzaddikim. Obviously, it's people who don't have to worry about a great deal of of serious averas that that they've done, but they can really. Focus more on 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 these on these uh, these things that are are so important to them. But the reality is that 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 is something, and that that may be what the Torah is, is referring to. Now, as far as we are concerned, so tshuva is is a little bit different. There, there we have a a situation that there's a a medrash 
And Medrash uh, brings down that the uh, uh, um, uh, the marshal, the Medrash brings a a analogy to a a prince uh, who was very very uh, uh, sick, and the doctor said that if he's going to eat this particular food, then he will get uh, he will get healthy. So the son was very apprehensive. He didn't want to eat it. It looked horrible. He didn't didn't want to didn't want to touch it at all. And of course, the father was quite uh, quite worried. So the father said, "Don't worry. I'll tell you what. I'll show you. It's it's edible. I will I will eat from this food first, and then and then you'll see that it's fine, and uh, and and you can eat from it." Says the Medrash. So Akadosh Baruch Hu said to Klayisho, says, uh, "You're so worried." About about doing tshuva, you think it's too difficult? Says I will do tshuva first, and he quotes a pasuk in Yirmiyot that says Kaya Mar Hashem Hinini Hinini Shav. Right. Uh, so obviously it's uh, it's a little bit uh, a little bit uh, difficult, right? If if Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Medrash concludes, if Hakadosh Baruch Hu has no sins and no and no iniquities and nothing's done nothing wrong, if he's prepared to do tshuva. And for us human beings, for sure, it's essential. And the Medrash obviously requires difficulty. What does it mean that Hakadosh Baruch Hu did tshuva first? So Ramatul Katz, the tells us Shiva, explains that the concept of tshuva is what he calls hitzchatshus. It's a total renewal, a total remaking of of the person. And where's the model of that? He says. The model of that is that in creation itself, we know that when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, it's not a static creation. Every second, millisecond, the world is recreating itself and, and once again redefining its purpose of existence one second after another all, all the time. Says HaKadosh Baruch if that's the way I created the world, where the world itself has that potential to every moment renew itself and, 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 and start all over again and, and uh, you know, sort of restore factory settings and, and begin all over again, and that certainly is true. For, for the human being, every single person, no matter how he might be, it says, uh, says the Torah in the Sixth Pasha, even if you're scattered to the very, very far ends of the heaven, you're so distant from Shemayim. You couldn't be further away from anything godly. You couldn't be further away from anything spiritual in this entire world. Yet Hashem says, I'll bring you back. There's no, there's no problem at all. You, you, I, I can help you. Hashem stretches out a hand to us and uh, and uh, and offers us the the possibility of 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 tshuva. And of course, the concept of tshuva is completely and totally linked to Rosh Hashanah. Even though on Rosh Hashanah there's no concept at all of tshuva, we don't say vidui, we don't say anything about sins at all on uh, on, uh, on Rosh Hashanah. It's all about Declaring Hakadosh Baruch Hu as Melech, and and the concept behind that is because, you know, if if a, if a human servant is uh, called into the king and and given and given marching orders, so obviously uh, even if he intends to, whatever disobey, 
the the king. He's not going to do it right there in the throne room in front of the king. He's going to wait till he goes out, and then he can sort of thumb his nose at the king and do and do whatever it is that he that he wants to do. We are in a situation where, yeah, uh, wherever wherever we are, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is there, and therefore every act of avera, every act of of rebellion is is like doing an avera right in front of the king. How can how can that happen? It can only be the fact that a person totally forgets the fact that he's standing. In front of the Bunner. So he thinks somehow that uh, there's a space where Hashem isn't, and he can act as a free agent without any without any uh, relationship, without any connection to Hashem. And therefore, uh, a tshuva is more than anything else the realization that Hashem is Melech, umalchusoi bakol mashallah. Hashem is the king, Hashem rules and dominates everything, is every everywhere. And when we have that realization, which is the whole purpose of Rosh Hashanah, then, of course, tshuva becomes a much more simple process. Because now that we realize that there is HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we are standing in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then we start to realize, well, how could we have possibly sinned? How could we have possibly gone off the rails and done things that's right in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's face? It's an act of open open uh, rebellion and therefore so much of 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 uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are actually are actually uh, in uh, included in fact the Rambam which talks about the importance of of Shaifa, even though Shaifa is a Mitzvah Raisa its main purpose is Uru Yeshenim is to wake us up and then he says Uzachar Baracha and remember your creator what, what does that have to do with with Shaifa? and it's everything because the moment we remember our Creator, the moment, the moment that we we remember that there's nothing else but our Kaddish Baruch there's no Eitz, there's no no plan, there's no way we can exist, and everything we do is known and open to Him, and that begins the process that says to us, wow, we've really gone off. How could we have done all the things we have? And that then leads us onto the onto the uh, onto the concept of uh, of, uh, of 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 tshuva, and that's why Medr says that. Uh, that uh, when the brother sold Ruvain, when the brothers, oh sorry, when the brothers sold uh, Yosef, and they took him out of the pits, and and uh, Ruvain came back later and looked in the pit and didn't see his brother, so the major says, "Why wasn't he there? Where was he? Uh, where was he at that at that time when they were selling Yosef?" So the major says he was busy. He was Isaac b'sakoi v'tanisa? He was busy. Repenting, he was busy lamenting, he was busy uh, 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 purifying and cleansing his soul for the Aveira that he had done, whatever it was with Yaakov's wives and sleep, uh, moving around his sleeping arrangements. And Akash Bokhu says to him, Wow, Ruvain, you are the first person who's, who's, uh, ever, who's ever done, uh, who's ever done uh, tshuva. And, and therefore, Chayecha, I promise you that your descendant, Hosea ben Beiri, who Comes from the Shevru, and he will be the one that teaches us about uh, about uh, about about Shuvah. That uh, Reuben was totally, totally distraught that he had done something. It wasn't really, Mar says, it wasn't really an avera at uh, at all, but he had done something that upset 
his father. His father was uh, is the earthly representation of of the Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself, and he realized that 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 couldn't be, and and that's why he he resorted to to fasting and 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 sackcloth to to try to right that wrong. So that's what I would want. That's what I need. I need people to be cognizant of the fact that that I am I am here and that I'm seeing everything, and that can be the 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 harboring, and that can be the the uh, what what uh, what stimulates us and encourages us to do to do uh, tshuva on a on a regular on a regular basis, and that really becomes then the flow through of the ten days of tshuva. Roshan, of course, being the first two days of the 10 days of tshuva, even though we don't actually do tshuva on Rosh Hashanah. But as I said, this is an important, this is the first part of that of that process, realizing that there is HaKadosh Baruch and He is responsible and does everything. And therefore, when we, uh, when we realize that how far we have strayed, then that then begins the, the beginning of the, of the tshuva process as far as, as far as we are concerned. This is actually so much to talk about in terms of the Ziyanta, but obviously our, our, our time is, is limited, so we're going to suffice it with that. And in fact, we're going to take a short break now and then come back with our segment of Hilchus Shabbos. This is Soul to Soul on 11.9 High FM, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, we are back on Soul to Soul here on a Friday afternoon on this last uh, Shabbos of, of the year. The important details for this Shabbos, it is Shabbos Kodesh, Pashas, uh, Nitzavim, and Vayelach. It's a double Pasha, although uh, they're both relatively quite short and probably not together as long as one uh, average average uh, 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 parsha, um, but uh, but that that is Lenny, and then of course we only have one more parsha left, which is parsha Tazinu, which we'll do, please God, next next Shabbos, and then go straight into Zatar Bracha for the last two weeks until until Simchat uh, uh, Torah. The important times for this week. Uh, candle lighting tonight is no later than 5.43, 17 minutes before 6. And Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow night at 6.33. Tomorrow night also in many, many communities is the first time we say Slichot, obviously for the, for the, uh, for the Ashkenazim. Uh, uh, you know, for the, uh, uh, right, for the Ashnazim, many, many do it at, at night or around midnight. Some will do it early on Sunday morning, each shul according to their, their minag. And then, of course, we carry on Muslichot on Monday and Tuesday, and then Wednesday being Ervoshana, quite a long edition of Slichot. And then, uh, we continue. Uh, the meaning of the Ashkenazim is to continue then next week also doing Nasseh Smei up to and including Erev Yom Kippur every morning. So it means some early mornings for for the regular regular devotees to shul or those who come come uh, uh, particularly at this time of this time of uh, of year. Um, and that uh, that uh, that really. Yeah, there's so many halachot of, of Rosh Hashanah. I'm sure they've been discussed 
in some of the other shows and things you need to uh, things you need to know and uh, and be aware of as Russian comes. But let's talk a little bit about. Uh, uh, we were talking previously about the laws of playing instruments and dancing on on Shabbos, and we said that these prohibitions of of uh, of keeping a rhythm, etc., only apply at the time when we're actually singing, because then we're worried that uh, when you're singing and it gets the beat gets gets lively and you know the feet start tapping, that a person might then want to actually play play an instrument. But we said without when there's no song going on, so we said we could person could jump a little bit, or if he if he enjoys if he enjoys uh, doing that, or a person can can clap or bang on the table. Uh, as I said, if you want to wake somebody up, you can you can do that. The truth is that, practically speaking, many do have the minig to to dance uh, and or to clap and to kind of uh, uh, keep a rhythm drum on on the table, even when they're singing on on Shabbos. And, and uh, there's a lot of discussion amongst the Paiskim about uh, whether they're doing something right or or wrong. According to many of the authorities, uh, this practice is actually not, not correct. And the only reason why they haven't come out sort of really openly uh, against it is because the Chacham uh, have said that since it's not a Torah prohibition, it's not something that is explicitly forbidden in the Torah, so if there were, people were told not to do it, would it really would it really stop? Sometimes there's a concept of uh, what they call mutav uh, better people should do, thumbs, do something and not be aware of the seriousness of the Issa than sometimes uh, being aware and still being unable to uh, to to stop to stop themselves, but if there is a place or there is a group of people that are prepared to hearken and and to listen to what the halacha says and and uh, a, a a halachic dictum would be uh, would be listened to, so then it would be an obligation on the rabbanim or the teachers of those people to let them know not not to clap and not to uh, and not to dance uh, as the Chacham, in fact have instituted and this is brought down by many many of the uh, of the Rishonim, including the the Shulchan Aruch in in Simon Shim Lamentes that one should not that one should not uh, do that um the exception of course being on on Simchas Torah on Simchas Torah where there's a special mitzvah to rejoice but, and that is particularly because of the honor of the uh, of the Torah. So even those who on all the other Shabbatot and 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 Chagim are quite austere and quite quite mockbid about not doing these kind of uh, not doing these kind of things. But on on uh, on some Torah, many have the minute to to dance, to clap hands, uh, etc. But any other type of uh, even a simcha that takes place on uh, on Shabbos, even let's say uh, Shabbos Avinoyfru for Shabbos Brachos, their their Chazal really did not 
relax relax the laws and Mishnah Bura seems to say they're in Shimlamates and even then one should be uh, one should be marked to sing obviously to celebrate but uh, hand clapping and uh, dancing should be should be uh, should be restricted the the people who permit it generally do so because they hold that the whole reason why the rabbis made such a decree against uh, clapping and, uh, and and dancing is because, as we said, the whole pr- problem is that you might then come to fix up or, or kind of a, a, a fine tune your medical your your musical instrument so that you could you could uh, you could play. Um, the truth is that uh, today most of the people, even those who are musicians who wouldn't have a clue how to fix or how to repair, you know, uh, if a piano uh, gets off tune, usually you have to call in someone special to to retune it. If the the reed of a flute goes sour, I don't think that most of the flutists would know how to would know how to uh, how to uh, play. And therefore, they they argue that in fact that whole decree. No longer, no longer applies, and therefore that whole that whole gazera, that whole decree, is no longer in uh, in force, and therefore, uh, as a, as therefore as a result, one will be allowed to to dance and to uh, to clap, etc. At that time, it goes back and forth. There are others who argue and don't accept that uh, that reason because uh, you know even if you don't know how to uh, how to fix it intricately, but sort of to just to fine tune it to to make sure it's it's sounding right. That that any person could uh, could could do. Uh, people know how you know the how to take a drum and and to tighten or loosen the 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 skin or whatever it is. There is there is some expertise, and therefore again it becomes a a full fledged full-fledged uh, uh, uh because they want to argue that even something like that, even, uh, 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 you know, making sure that it, that it's working perfectly, whatever, which is within the expertise of the musician, would also be considered repairing, repairing. Uh, but they they want to argue that maybe that Gezerah only took place at, uh, at the time of the, uh, of the Chachamim, where, you know, a, a song, a singing, a, a, a lively atmosphere would cause them to bring out the instruments. And nowadays, but uh, nowadays, you know, if you uh, if you uh, want to have instruments, you usually organize it before. And the fact that people are sitting and and dancing and 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 clapping uh, and clapping, you know, just generally, it's not necessarily today even connected with the participation with the involvement. Of of, uh, of musical instruments, and therefore, you know, as I said, it goes both ways. Some are, are machmir and don't allow it all. Others are 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 more lenient. We're going to come back with a closing segment momentarily. This is one one point nine Chai FM, Soul to Soul. Don't run away. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. One one point nine Chai FM. This is Soul to Soul. Just the last few minutes of the show today as we all run off and get ready to uh, prepare for, for Shabbos and then into into uh, next week. Just uh, finishing off this discussion 
about uh, singing and dancing on Shabbos. Interesting, there are authorities who hold that the whole situation uh, or, or the whole way we regard singing and dancing has considerably changed over the last few generations from what it was probably greatly due to to the advent of of, of Hasidus where clearly sort of things of uh, singing and dancing are, are 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 things that are particularly used to arouse people to get people into a certain into a certain uh, in certain mood to connect people to to uh, to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to create a situation of of simcha because there's a whole avenue of Hasidus that believes that one can only serve Hakadosh Baruch Hu when one's really in a state of uh, of simcha. Therefore, the the whole concept of, of of dancing and 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 clapping hands is is actually in itself like part of. Of a mitzvah, it's part of our avodas Hashem. It's part of the way we we are able to to uh, to you know inspire ourselves and inspire our environment to become closer to uh, to uh, to our, to our Kaddish Baruch and, and and therefore, <laughs> their argument is that in the same way as on some chastira, we almost universally are lenient about singing and dancing and clapping. And that's in in, in deference and honor to the uh, to the uh, to the Torah. So too, since that is uh, uh, so much part of our existence today, and so much part of uh, the way we are aroused to greater levels of uh, of uh, of service for Hakadosh Baruch Hu. So they want to uh, say that we should be, be lenient at all times and uh, and allow and allow that that type of uh, that type of uh, a thing, where, where I think even those who uh, allow singing and dancing, I think we'd have to draw the line though, in terms of kind of drumming on 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 tables, because that really is is resembles drumming on a set of drums. You keep the right team, you know, the right tempo, and we use uh, different kind of of sounds and 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 things. Uh, like that, and 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 obviously playing on a real instrument would be totally forbidden, even even the tzarich mincha, even on 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 uh, on some itself, and therefore you know doing something that so closely mimics the actual activity, you know, next thing you're going to pull out your bongo, uh, you, you know, it's 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 a, a real possibility. That in that kind of situation, one would then pull out his his drum and carry on. Since uh, since you know we we do that uh, on a weekday, even when there's no organized music, you know, many often we have particularly in our environment, we bring we bring drums to to add a to add a tempo to uh, to uh, to it, um, you know, to to uh, so to bang and in terms of keeping a a, a whole rhythm. Uh, uh, many of the poskim are, are even more wary, more wary about uh, about about that. Um, could be that uh, uh, you know to just kind of tap along while you're singing is not the same as doing a whole full sort of a you know uh, uh, 
times two, at times three, at times four beats as one would with a with a pro- professional. But it, it remains remains a subject of of of, of discussion, and uh, clearly one should definitely uh, ask one's own rov actually how how uh, how to conduct oneself in that uh, in that in that situation. But certainly to to uh, to have singing as as part of one's Shabbos table as part of one's uh, a celebration of a Shabbos or Chai is such such an important, an important thing, and, and needs to be encouraged. You know, we, we it creates a tremendous atmosphere, a tremendous environment, even around a table or in a home when people are are singing uh, together. Especially the the beautiful zemiros of Shabbos that are so so sublime, and the words are so are so holy. It's Worthwhile, something I have in my mind that one day we should do a a series of 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 shurim on on the zmiras of Shabbos. I think would be an enlightening and uh, educational experience for for all of us. Don't worry, I won't sing. I'll just talk uh, about about the the, the zmiras. Anyway, our our time is just about up. We need to leave you in the care of our good news reader and uh, and please God the chief the chief rabbi. Since this is the last time we'll be together this month, I just want to take the opportunity to wish each and every one you a wonderful, blessed year, a year of happiness, a year of peace, a year of 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 uh, of, of being able to make a livelihood, a year of a year of health, a year of shalom internally and 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 externally, and Rez Hashem, a year where we'll be able, we'll have the opportunity to share much time together, studying Torah and growing as we start at the beginning, becoming closer and more cognizant of the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore all the time uh, fine-tuning and improving our behavior to be to be appropriate and as if we're standing before, before the King. Shana Tova, thank you for being with us, and to each and every one of you, a Shabbat Shalom.